Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 25th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosper-Nike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And again, I apologize. Second straight day. My voice just does not want to cooperate. I am... Still fairy horses, I'm sure you can tell, but we will. I will soldier on here, try and give you a full episode, may try and wrap this up a little bit early just to get through things here. But there are a few things that I want to get to today uh, as the playoffs continue. Golden State Warriors advanced, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers advanced this weekend. They're on a collision course, but lots lots to get to uh, there as well. Awesome, some fun games coming up uh, as the playoffs get deeper and deeper into those first round series. We've got game fives. Game fives are always the best. So now we're starting to see series turn. But I'm going to skip that kind of recap, skip all that. You can check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network for complete recaps of the playoff series from the individual teams themselves. You can get the latest from the Toronto Raptors from Lockdown Raptors, the latest from the Atlanta Hawks from Lockdown Hawks, the latest from the Golden State Warriors on Locked On Warriors, as well as the other teams in the playoffs. They do a great job covering their teams. And so if you want to stay on top of the playoffs, that's the place you need to go. Just search on iTunes or Audio Boom, Locked On, and then the name of the team that you're looking for, just like you search for Locked On Magic. But today I'm going to start, I'm going to talk about a few things, talk about some big picture things with the general manager, and then we'll continue our player evaluations with Alfred Payton today. So big day on the show. To show. Um... The, the big story, though, uh, and I meant to cover it yesterday, but I was I thought my voice was really bad. It's a little bit better today, I hope. Um, but the big story from over the weekend, really over Friday, uh, is the rumor that came out that the Magic are indeed interested in Cleveland Cavaliers general manager David Griffin. Uh, if you read uh, our pals from uh, Fear the Sword, they did a one-on-one interview with David Griffin uh, talking a little bit about this Cavs season. It sure sounds like he still intends to be in Cleveland for the long haul, but Adrian Wojnarowski of the, of the vertical, whenever he reports something, you, you gotta at least note it. Uh, and he reported that the Magic are interested in pursuing David Griffin. Now, whether the interest is mutual or not is another question. Whether the Magic can actually get him is an even larger question. But there are at least... Some thought that, you know, if things go south, the Magic are there. The situation is this. David Griffin, who built the Cleveland Cavaliers championship team, he took over in 2014, so that would be the year after Anthony Bennett, not the Anthony Bennett draft, um, although he was in the front office during the Anthony Bennett draft. Um, he drafted Andrew Wiggins uh, and kind of laid the groundwork when LeBron James came, when it became clear that LeBron James was coming. He cleared the cap room to make sure they could sign him. They acquired Kevin Love, and 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 they kept kind of kept themselves in position to win a championship. Now, a lot of people kind of dismiss this and say Griffin was kind of gift wrapped a championship. LeBron wanted to come to Cleveland. That 
all that's true. He had a lot of opportunities put in front of him. You know, God, God willing, God forbid, Rob Hennigan get any of those opportunities. But the bottom line is he had to take advantage of those opportunities. He could have very easily said, you know, we're going to pass on, you know, acquiring J.R. Smith because we don't want him on Shumpert. He went for it, and he continued to go for it, and he created trade exceptions as he was bumped up against the cap, got Channing Fry from the Magic, cut salary, kept his team in a position to continue to get better. Give him credit for helping build this championship team as well as getting them to the second seed this year. He at least had a hand in that. Um, out of all the GM options that I've heard, Griffin is right up there with the ones that, that I think the Magic would be right to pursue. After all, he's got the ring as the general manager. We're not talking about Travis Schlenk, who has a ring as an assistant general manager. We're not talking about you know other general managers who don't have championship rings. He won a championship as the general manager. That should count for something that should put him at the top of the list. Having said all that, this is just a rumor, of course, so who knows what's actually true. And we're still just a week, two, about a week and a half removed from Magic actually firing Rob Hennigan. I think that the list is still very, very early, and I think the Magic are still going through their various options. Um, as Rochin Rasky reported, and has been reported elsewhere, the Magic have hired a search firm to help them with their search, and so I think it's very natural right now that they're kind of paring down their list and figuring out what exactly is out there and beginning to figure out, uh, do some research for their interview process. It's still very, very early in the process. As Alex Martin said at his press conference announcing Hennigan's dismissal, uh, the, the Magic are going to go after front office staff that are currently playing in the playoffs. And so it's going to take at least until the end of the first round to make a hire, to bring in someone for an interview. When it comes to Griffin, this smells like bargaining tactic because the situation for Griffin is that his contract runs out at the end of the season and he becomes a general manager free agent. The talks between him and the Cavaliers have slowed. LeBron James has come out in favor of him. Several teammates have come out in favor of him. And I think that the leaking that the Magic are interested in him is, frankly, a bargaining tactic. I'm not claiming that the Magic aren't interested. I think that they are. If he becomes available, they are, and they should be interested in David Griffin. Whether it actually happens, I think, is very, very low. I think that this is a situation where Griffin is leaking. Perhaps perhaps he himself or people around him are leaking information to get bargaining leverage. We see this happening all the time. Uh, that, you know, they use the media to, to help help bargain and help make leverage. There was something else interesting, though, that came out of Wojnarowski's report, and it came back, came down at the very, very end. He reported uh, on the vertical that other general managers and front office executives have been reluctant to make suggestions and recommendations to the Magic in hopes of get, making sure Matt Lloyd, the assistant general manager, the current interim general manager, gets a legitimate shot at the job. Lloyd is extremely well-respected around the league. Um, I've had interactions with him. He is he is really sharp guy. He's really He's been in charge as far as I understand it. So, you know, as far as I understand things, 
Lloyd has really spearheaded the draft uh, and and draft scouting, college and prospect scouting for the Magic. And, and the Magic, largely, I think most people would say, have done okay at drafting in the last five years, considering their position. Uh, really, I think the only miss as far as draft picks would go is uh, uh, Mario Azonia uh, and probably also uh, Tyler Harvey. There haven't been any extreme hits, but they haven't done bad either. Um, I think a big reason why the Magic kept Lloyd is to read their draft prep to make sure that they're getting ready for the draft while they go through the, the search process for their new general manager. At the end of the day, I, I do think Lloyd will get an interview. Um, I think that they will give him full consideration, but you know, as much as I like Matt, optically, I think that the move is probably to, to bring in a new staff or at least give him the opportunity to stay on as an assistant GM. But even then, I, I kind of think that the Magic just need to clear clean house. I mean, I think that there is uh, at least a perception that the team did not, I mean, there isn't that perception. The team did not perform up to the level that it needed for the last five years. And I think that uh, it just for fans' sake, they need to kind of get new voices in there completely and just show that they're moving fully on. Bring Keeping someone from the old regime, I don't think is going to be necessarily productive. That's that's what I think kind of from the outside. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Matt Lloyd was a much louder voice of dissent. You know, who knows? Um, in the decision-making process and, and Hennigan went other directions. Uh, Lloyd is very well thought around the league. If, if he does not stay in Orlando, he will have, just like, uh, just like per- Scott Perry, he will have a job somewhere else in the league very, very quickly. He is that well thought of and, and deservedly so for, for the work that he's done in this league. Um, so it would not surprise me. Uh, Steve Kyler had some speculation. Steve Kyler, basketball insiders, had some speculation that the Magic might be looking for a president of basketball operations and then look to make Matt Lloyd the day-to-day general manager. That could be a structure that works as well. So A lot of moving pieces still. I don't think the Magic are at the interview stage quite yet. I think they're still gathering names. That list is probably shorter than it was, say, three, four days ago. Um, I think once the first round of the playoffs end, they'll begin making some moves to interview some candidates and really pare down a final list of guys that they want to get to uh, and interview and see what they're all about as they make this big decision for the franchise. So that's the update of where things are at. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. But uh, as I kind of hinted, there there is a sense that the team is exploring a lot of different ways to make this new era, this new thing work. Because uh, how the magic were structured or, or, or how the magic operated for the last five years clearly did not work. The team didn't produce on the court, obviously, and uh, some of it was, you know, there's a lot of, lot of 
perceptions, misconceptions, or, or whatever. There's a lot of narratives going on with what went wrong with the Magic. Uh, I thought Miles Ray of The Step Back wrote a really just interesting piece, just something to look back on at Rob Hennigan's greatest hits. And I think when we look back at Rob Hennigan, the first three years were actually pretty good. The first three years under Rob Hennigan, the Magic were winning trades. They won the J.J. Redick-Tobias Tobias Harris trade. They essentially won the Dwight Howard trade. They got Evan Fournier for Aaron Aflalo, and um, they were building a nice cadre of assets, and a lot of people loved what the Magic were doing. That The fit was still a huge question mark, but a lot of people believe the Magic had a lot of young assets that they could begin building around and were moving in the right direction, and, and the wins were kind of following, but the team was seemingly building building some momentum. A lot of people believe it went wrong in year four when the Magic hired Scott Skiles, when the Magic kind of fully committed to making the playoffs perhaps before the team was ready. And there are people that will say four years is enough. They should be ready. And I'm not against pushing the team to, to maybe meet expectations. But what happened when they failed to meet those expectations is I think where things went really south. When the Magic traded Tobias Harris for cap room, it was clear that the Magic were now trying to win immediately. They weren't rebuilding anymore. They weren't building anymore. They were trying to win immediately. And then the pressure became, how do we make moves to make the team ready to win now? Obviously, those moves failed. Obviously, Rob Hennigan did not build that kind of a team because we're sitting here talking about the offseason rather than, you know, getting swept out of the playoffs or getting ready for a game five. That's ultimately what cost Rob Hennigan his job. The question is, why the sudden shift? And the, the narrative is gone, whether it's true or not. The narrative is gone, that pressure from A, the business side, and B, the ownership essentially represented by CEO, team CEO Alex Martins, was the cause for this sudden shift where the team went from a bright future to a very bleak one at the moment, or seemingly a very bleak one at the moment. And so I think one thing that a lot of the media hit on during the press conference a couple weeks ago, and one thing that we've thought about and talked about a lot, is should the Magic change their organizational structure? And I tend to agree with this. Firing Rob Hennigan is a first step for the team. It's a first step for rebuilding this franchise. The next step is creating a little bit better synergy and perhaps even a little more independence between basketball operations and business operations. Let's kind of roll this back a little bit. When the Orlando Magic went to the NBA Finals in 2009, and for much of the organization's history, which has been a pretty good history, the team was structured with a C, with essentially a CEO running the business side, a president of basketball operations running the basketball side, and then a, a, an ownership intermediary, intermediary at the top. In 2009, for the finals year, Alex Martins ran the business side of the Magic, and reported to Bob Vanderweide, the son-in-law of Rich DeVos. Otis Smith ran the basketball side and reported to Bob Vanderweide. 
And so essentially there was an owner overseeing two independent areas of the team. And, and he would make the final decisions. When Bob Vanderweide resigned before the, I think it was the 2012 season, the Dwight Mayer season, when Bob Vanderweide resigned, Alex Martins was promoted from his role to the CEO. And again, this is not to blame Alex Martins for everything. I think that we don't know exactly what went wrong. And certainly, uh, regardless of who it is, if your owner, who in this case is represented by Alex Martins, says you need to start winning now as the general manager, whoever you report to, if, if Bob Vanderweide had told Otis Smith, you need to start winning now, we need to win a championship, which he did in 2010. He said, you know, we're fighting for a championship, let's win a championship. We'll give you all the resources to do so. You make moves to achieve that goal. And if you don't achieve that goal, that's when you get in trouble. And so essentially, ownership said, we need, you know, we need to achieve this goal. Basketball operations and not basketball operations is changing. I do not know if changing the structure changes any of this. But what I do think needs to happen is there needs to be kind of two voices and then a decision maker. Right now, there's two voices, and one of those voices happens to be a decision maker. I think that that is a structure that the Magic have shown can work and something that I think that the Magic should consider again. For all the bluster about the Doc Rivers rumor, which I, I don't think is happening now. I've, 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 I've been told it's, it's probably not going to happen, but that, that could change very, very quickly. For all that rumors, I, I think that you bring in a guy like Doc Rivers to be your president of basketball operations, he is a respected voice who ownership will listen to. When he says, no, we need to slow things down, no, this is not the right path, that it can, you know, it's not necessarily Trump business interests, but it, it's a voice that will carry a lot of weight. And I think that's what the Magic are missing right now. They're missing a second voice that, that carries really decision-making weight. It's not that Rob Hennigan didn't have independence to make decisions. I think he did. But the pressure to win became too great. The impatience became too great. And Alex Martins is doing his job. He's running the business of the Orlando Magic. And business, despite the losses, has still been pretty good. But I think that the team, in order to make the basketball product significantly better, needs to really seriously consider a change in its organizational structure. Again, I'm saying all this without full knowledge. I could be saying things that actually do happen. Or I could be saying things and and my perception could be wrong. But there is an optics to this too. There is a public face to this, public optics to this as well. And there's no denying that the optics of this situation has been that Alex Martins and the business side of the magic meddled in the Magic's rebuild, rushing the process, and digging the Magic a pretty deep hole. As I've told numerous people, numerous people online, when they when they give me that, oh, four or five years is too long. I tell them there really is no timeline on this. What you expect is continued progress. 
And I think where the magic really went wrong the last five years is they did not value this progress. They panicked and tried to rush things, forcing success rather than building success and building what Martin said for a long time, long-term success. For five years, Orlando improved, or for four years, Orlando improved their win total every year. 20 to 23 to 25 to 35. It was slow, and I'm not necessarily saying that the team that the Magic had was ready to win a championship. I think that the risk the Magic took in trading Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka was an appropriate risk for a 35-win team. But they didn't need to change so much. The Tobias Harris trade, no matter what motivated it, whether it was Skiles or who or Martin saying, "Give us free agent money. We're going. We're gonna. We're gonna push all in in the summer." I don't know what motivated it, but it was a short-sighted move that cost the team in the long run, that halted the progress that the team made. And so, whatever decision-making process came to that, whatever organizational structure decision that allowed these moves to happen. That's the part the Magic need to change. And they've got the opportunity to do so now. We're going to close out today's show with uh, our next player evaluation. Talk a little bit. I'm going to talk really quickly and probably doesn't deserve this much, this this quick. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about Alfred Payton's season. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, actually, when it came to how he played after the All-Star break. Uh, uh, on the what went right, what went wrong. I encourage you to go into the archives on iTunes, Audio, or Audio Boom, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know, all the fun places that you download podcasts. Um, I encourage you to go back and l- listen to those podcasts where I talk a little bit about Peyton's uh, season after the All-Star break. I had a good year after the All-Star break. Uh, Alfred Peyton's season overall, though, was, like so many others, inconsistent. And like so many others, obstacles were put in his way. As good as he was after the All-Star break, he struggled a lot before the All-Star break. And the reason is pretty simple, honestly. Payton is a player, uh, because he struggles with his jump shot, he needs space. And so when you put two big men in the paint and surround him with only one shooter and Evan Fournier, it's going to be tough to create offense and for Peyton to create offense for everyone else because teams rightly started packing the paint, having four or five guys with their foot in the paint and just daring the Magic to shoot. And that was not the right way for Alfred Peyton to play. For the All-Star break, he averaged 12.5 points, which was about what he averaged after the All-Star break, so that wasn't a concern. But only 5.7 assists and 3.8 rebounds per game. He shot 45.7% from the floor and 26.8% from three. What I think was even more telling was before the All-Star break, he took 303 of his 654 shots, about 46.3%, within five feet. He settled a lot more for jumpers. 142 of his 654 shots, about 21.7%, were outside 20 feet. Now, after the All-Star break, when you add Terrence Ross, another shooter, 
You have Aaron Gordon who can shoot a little bit and spread the floor a little bit for you. After the All-Star break, Peyton's numbers increased. 13.5 points, 7 rebounds, 8.4 assists per game. He started getting he had he started getting triple doubles fairly regularly. But where he got his shots were also important. Peyton took 140, this is all according to NBA.com. Peyton took 148 of his 258 shots, 57.4% within five feet of the basket. He took just 21 of 258 shots, 8.1% from outside 20 feet. That's 21.7% before the break, 8.1% after. Not only was Peyton passing the ball more effectively, he was getting into the paint and scoring at the rim where he is extremely effective because of his size and his strength. Peyton became a tour de force after the All-Star break. But we can't just blame Peyton's offensive shortcomings on the Magic's mismatched roster. Yes, the Magic did not build a roster meant for Alfred Payton to succeed. Again, a reason why Rob Hennigan's no longer in charge. With the directive to make a playoff, make a playoff team, he failed to do that. Because Payton did make another leap in his game. Largely, this past season saw Alfred Payton get back to where he was as a rookie. He didn't take a step forward. He didn't really improve his game very much, or at least, I mean, he definitely improved. He's better than he was as a rookie, so don't get me wrong there. His production was about where it was his rookie year. A little bit better. But that's not enough for what the Magic need. Certainly not enough for what they needed from him. Too often, he was kind of moving east to west, just searching, unable to get up and down the court. And that's partially the Magic's fault, and also partially his. Peyton worked after the All-Star break, and the Magic should be trying to play him like that moving forward if they decide to keep him, of course. Because I don't even think that's a lock. But Peyton's season was just extremely inconsistent for that reason. And even with the offense that he provided, and Peyton was a barometer for the Magic's success or failure as much as any player on the team. When he played well, the Magic played better, especially before the break. After the break, even with his triple doubles, the team struggled to win. And that still falls on Peyton as a point guard. This has become a point guard's league. This has become a league where you have to have a great playmaker guiding your offense. And this is where Peyton still struggled a little bit. I don't think there's any way around that. But at the same time, He's still a good option. His defense still needs to improve as well. His defense kind of, again, returned to his rookie year level. But it was still a problem because the Magic just couldn't contain other point guards. Couldn't stay in front of their man and and contain the ball. I think when it comes down to it, Peyton is where I've often said Nikola Vucevic is. He is a solid contributor and a solid player. 
I do not know if he's a starter on a championship team. In certain circumstances, he could probably be a starter on a playoff team. But the shortcomings are so great that you have to be looking for the better option. And unfortunately for Peyton, those better options might be in the draft. And so... I'm still not sure what the Magic do with Alfred Payton, and it's still hard to evaluate Alfred Payton because so much was weird about this season with the way that roster was built and, and what they expected Payton to do. But new GMs coming in. Payton was Hennigan's guy. And so we'll see what happens next with Alfred Payton after this season. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Again, I apologize for my voice. I am still hoarse for some reason. We are 21 days away from the NBA Draft Lottery, so it's time once again for our hashtag one lottery per day. Remember, run your NBA Draft Lotteries once per day. Send send me a screenshot. Send me what happened. Uh, to our Twitter account at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily, and let's run today's lottery. Thanks to our pals from Tankathon. And today we are in luck for the second time since we started doing this last week. The Orlando Magic have won the top pick in the draft. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics come in at second, and the Dallas Mavericks at third. So a good day on the one lottery per day. Magic end up with the top pick, and they get the Lakers pick in 2019. So good day. That's 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 a good day. It's gonna be a good Tuesday now. You can feel it. You can feel it's a good day when the when the Magic when you're one lottery per day. Remember, send us your one lottery, your hashtag one lottery per day to our Twitter account at Locked On Magic as well as at Omagic Daily. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic, and be sure to like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic as well to get the companion articles to uh, to what we talk about on the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily and be sure to like us at Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook and follow us at OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic. We're still doing some things here as uh, we continue our season recap and uh, um, get ready for the offseason a little bit uh, as, we, as we turn the clock on the 2017 season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Sound Quality, is going to be better on older episodes because my voice won't be hoarse, but I'll take a cough drop or something and, and it'll hopefully be better tomorrow. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17.